You're listening to Not The Stock Response, an investment podcast like no other. Perhaps for good reason. And to keep the lawyers happy, this is not formal financial advice. Hello and welcome to a very entrepreneurial episode of Not The Stock Response. Joining me today is Lathan Co's Toby Bentley. Hello. And Josh Puddle, founder of Momo Kombucha. Thanks very much for having me. Now, five years ago, I quit my job because my boss wouldn't let me pack in early to go to the pub. Uh, And I started working for myself. And for me, it was the best decision I ever made. And I've got a sneaky feeling that there's oodles of people out there, maybe listening to this on their way into work today, who feel like they too are inches away from pulling the trigger, packing in the nine to five and following a dream that's been fermenting in the back of their mind. Which is why, excitingly, we've got Josh on the pod today to talk about his story and how he left the world of corporate finance to start the award-winning drinks business, Momo. To kick us off then, Josh, do you just want to um, quickly explain what kombucha is and uh, and how you came to, to start Momo in the first place? Yeah, so very simplistically, kombucha is fermented tea. So it's a healthy soft drink, it's low in sugar, it's full of probiotics, healthy organic acids, it's very good for gut health, and it's also great alternative to alcohol. Um, we actually came across it about seven years ago uh, when my wife and I went to New York. Lisa had heard about gut health, was telling me all about it on the plane. I'd never heard of it, but it made a lot of sense. So while we were over there, we thought we'd go and try some. So as you do, we went into a Whole Foods and we saw that kombucha was the biggest soft drinks category in the fridge. The fridge was kind of meters wide, floor to ceiling, loads of interesting brands, loads of great flavors. And we both really enjoyed it. Uh, and it really started to take hold with us from that trip. It was only when we came back to London, we realized it was very hard to get hold of. You just can't get it here. Barely existed in the UK. Um, so we started making our own. Uh, we started the business very, very small, started it from home in our kitchen in southeast London, uh, and things have grown from there. So you're literally just fermenting it yourself in your in your kitchen? Yeah, and when we told friends and family what we were doing, we got a lot of uh, lot of funny looks, and I think people were quite, quite worried about us. But really from the start, I had a very, very strong feeling that this would be a big category in the UK, whether it takes 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Kombucha's driven by some really big trends. So you've got gut health, low sugar, interesting alternatives to alcohol, and it's very big in the sort of vegan and vegetarian community. So I felt like the category is going to be big. That's going to attract a lot of competition. So whatever whatever we do, if we're going to do this, we've really got to make sure we try and produce the best tasting and highest quality stuff. So what is it you've done with Momo that makes it so unique? So when we were learning how to make kombucha, we spoke to commercial brewers in the States, in the UK, in Europe. And the thing we kept hearing was that the best kombucha these guys had ever made was at home in a small glass jar. So right from the beginning, we've decided to stick to that old-fashioned homemade way of production. And all of our kombucha is brewed in the small glass jars. Also, like you would at home, our kombucha is completely unfiltered, which means we keep all the live cultures in the liquid, which gives it a much fuller depth of flavor. Uh, and then also we make sure we use the best ingredients. So everything we use is certified organic. Did you have much, I mean, had you ever fermented anything before? <laughs> Did you have much drinks experience at the time? It, so when I started to make kombucha, it made me realize that I'd never made anything before. <laughs> um, my career in the city made me realize that I'd never really produced anything tangible. And I really liked the process of making kombucha. On the one hand, it's incredibly simple. 
you mix four ingredients, water, sugar, tea, and scoby, and essentially that is just more kombucha. So a bit like a sourdough culture when you're making bread, you need sourdough to make sourdough. Um, it's exactly the same thing with, with kombucha. But then on the other hand, it's incredibly complex. Uh, when you look at the chemical processes that are happening during the fermentation, um, it's actually quite a kind of magical process uh, in terms of turning that sweet tea into kombucha. And that was something that I, I really, really liked about it. You um, you mentioned your career in the city before, Momo. What are some, what is, for people listening, they might have had a, a bad day at work and they're thinking of sort of, you know, jacking it all in, starting up their own thing for themselves. What are some of the transferable skills you found from working in finance specifically and also just in the city in general um, that, that sort of really helps you shift from, you know, that sort of role into a self-employed uh, sort of entrepreneurial role? Yeah, there's actually a lot. And when we when we started Momo, you know, a lot of people said to me, you know, what on earth do you know about fermenting, making kombucha, starting a food business? But so many of those skills were really transferable. I mean, number one, work ethic. So the bank where I worked had to work seriously bloody hard. And obviously taking that into a business is a, is a good thing. Um you know, very simplistically, how do you build a financial plan? So really basic stuff like, you know, margins, VAT, distribution costs, how much cash you're going to need. That stuff that seems very basic um, was stuff I knew really well. And I think that put me at quite a quite a good advantage. How to raise money. So starting a food or drink business, it's very capital intensive. Um, being able to raise funds, talk to investors, that's a really critical part of making the business a success. Um I was an equity analyst, so I had a lot of exposure to management teams, some really, really good management teams, and also to the leaders of our uh, of the business where I worked, who were very, very good at what they do, and a lot of you know stuff that they talked about, I've taken in trying to 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 run to run Momo. It's a nice. It must be a nice culture sort of swap as well, because I mean, so my background is food and drink, and like it is just a really like lovely place to work in. Like everyone there is doing it because they love the thing that they do. Uh, so I suppose it must be kind of nice to make maybe a change from <laughs> working in uh, working where you were before. Yeah, banking can be quite quite cutthroat, and you're right. It's 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 a very very friendly area. People are very keen to help each other out, and I mean even just within kombucha we received an amazing amount of help from other kombucha companies, which I don't think you'd get in many industries. And so you've got to remember as well, at the start, it's incredibly challenging because me and Lisa were trying to do absolutely everything ourselves. The brewing, the bottling, uh, the admin, the invoicing. Uh, we were trying to do sales and it was a hell of a lot for just the two of us. So what was the first kind of bit of, you know, outside help that you guys that you guys got? So, well, our about six months in, uh, I was at quite a low with the business and, you know, really, uh, you know, really struggling. And I think ultimately I was trying to do too much. So I was at a real low at burnout and someone messaged me on LinkedIn saying, um, you know, congratulations on getting this far. I love what you're doing. Uh, and would you be interested in meeting up? And I checked out this guy's profile. He was a kind of business mentor consultant he'd worked at innocent drinks so quite experienced and when I went to meet up with him I was coming at it from looking for a mentor point of view um, so was not backward in coming forward of 
basically everything that was really, really worrying me about the business and, you know, kind of thinking, you know, am I crazy trying to do this? Because it's not, it's not easy trying to scale a food and, food and drink business. Um, anyway, he liked what he heard and he actually ended up becoming our, our first investor. So you gave him an anti-pitch and he said, take my money. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a little bit like that. <laughs> do you mind telling us a bit more about how you funded the business? Initially, the business was funded from a founder loan. Um, I was actually in quite a fortunate position that f- years before I started the business, I uh, I was remortgaging the house and it was the time where interest rates were just so low and they were very keen to give away money. So I took an extra chunk that I didn't need at the time, but I just kind of popped it to one side. Um, so very handily, we were able to start the business with those funds. Then about a year in, we met our first angel investor um, who initially this, this innocent guy yeah exactly who I'd started talking to in the hope that he'd become a, a mentor um, but he became both so we became an investor and a mentor um, and then back in 2021 we did a did a small smallish raise from friends family and uh, some of our customers and then at the end of last year we did uh, a bigger raise uh, and actually most of that came from four of our online customers so people that just really liked the product and wanted to get more more involved, and then we did another round um, actually at the beginning of beginning of this year, which uh, was sort of partly driven by uh, the timing around EIS. So in total, we've raised about one and a half million. All of that has been SEIS or EIS, um, but fortunately, we've still got most of that in the bank, um, ready for the next phase of growth. Uh, now, pretend I didn't know what SEIS and EIS were. I'll probably hand over to Toby who can answer. Yeah, so EIS stands for Enterprise Investment Scheme and SEIS stands for Seed Enterprise Investment Scheme, um, which basically they're ways in which the government incentivise private investors to sort of give money to early startup companies in order to sort of promote entrepreneurial sort of businesses in the UK, but also they give great tax benefits. So for example, if you were to invest £100,000 into a company which qualified for EIS relief, um, you'd get a 30%, so £30,000, for example, in this scenario, um, tax break off your income tax bill. Uh, just for compliance, that's categorically not advice, though, is it, Toby? Yeah, absolutely. So, what's the landscape like for sort of startups and, and SMEs in the in the UK at the moment? Do you think have you have you found it? Yeah, for, for funding, I feel like right now it's definitely easier than it was at the end of last year. After the uh, you know we had all the troubles with the mini budget and people really really were tightening their belts and not willing to to invest. This year, we've seen things in my opinion, getting a little bit easier. And I think it's always worth, you know, remembering that there are, you know, high high rate taxpayers out there and the EIS and SEIS is very attractive and people are looking for ways to use it. So if you are a smaller startup company that's that's eligible, you should still be able to find people that are willing to support if you've got the right idea. Is there a reason that you never looked at crowdfunding? Because crowdfunding, yeah, crowdfunding is really interesting. It is something we've looked at. Um, I think in some respects, we've been fortunate not to have to go down that that route yet. It can be very useful um, if you, I think when companies are the right size and they can use it as a, a marketing tool. On the flip side, you do open yourself up a lot. So you have to share a lot more information. Um, and you also open yourself up to having a huge number of small investors. And that can have in my opinion, positives and, and negatives to it. 
So from having started in your kitchen doing all the bottling yourself, where's where's the business at now? At the end of last year, we launched on Ocado, which was a big, big stockist for us. Uh, very quickly, we've become their best-selling single-format soft drink on the platform. Uh, last year, all of our products won a great taste awards. These are kind of like the Oscars in the food and drink world. We certified as a B Corp last year. Not sure if you're familiar with that, um, but it's a really great initiative to show that you're a business that's a force for good and focused on people and the planet as well as profit. Uh, You might have seen we've just launched a little brand refresh, which is very, very exciting. And actually, as of yesterday, our 12th person started um, and the team's in a really great shape for, uh, for what is next to come. So if there is anyone listening, uh, which in itself is questionable, I suppose, but if anyone out there is listening and, and thinking of starting up their own business, what would your advice be for them? Yeah, so my three kind of main bits of advice, firstly, really, really focus on the product. And that could be, you know, that could be product or service. But for us, it's really making sure that we've got something that's different and is better. And I think if you take that into whatever business you're doing, you've got a much, much higher chance of success. Secondly, I think you need to have some kind of financial plan. I think too many people go into these things a little bit naive. They don't realize how much it's going to cost. They don't realize they need to work out how they're going to fund their life. Um, And just a little bit of planning on the financial side can save a lot of pain later. Thirdly, and finally, I would say get help early. So the thing that really, I think, nearly killed Momo was us trying to do too much at the beginning and not letting go. Um, And it's important that you really understand what your strengths and weaknesses are. And you can find amazing people out there that can that can help. So when I quit my <laughs> job about five years ago, I, I you know spoke to loads of people about you know trying to <laughs> basically give me some idea of what the hell I was going to do. Uh, but everyone said you know go and get an accountant. It never it never occurred to me that I might want to speak to a financial advisor. So from a financial planning point of view, then Tobes, what what are the sort of things that you should you know should be thinking about? Yeah, I think some of the obvious sort of uh, risks have been mentioned of going self-employed. Obviously, a, a, a new dependence on a on a less regular income and you know, think about how you pay your bills and all that sort of stuff. But actually, there are some some key benefits. Number one is you can control how you get paid. Um, you know, instead of having a regular income, which puts you in a regular tax bracket, you can really control when and how you get paid, whether you want to leave money in your business, how, whether it's a limited company or however you're set up, and whether you want to pay yourself as you know income or dividends and gross co- pension contributions to bring down your tax bill. Uh, being self-employed opens up a whole world of sort of tax benefits that you can benefit from. Final question then, Josh, what's next for Momo? Yeah, so we've got huge ambitions for Momo, uh, but we don't want to lose sight of why we why we founded the business. Um, and I think looking ahead for us, our key challenge is scaling up production. I've talked about making it in small glass jars, which isn't easy, especially when you're trying to trying to do it at scale. Um, so I think in the next next year, eighteen months, you'll see us moving into a a much larger much larger space, um, and hopefully trying to get Momo. Uh, further out of London into more parts of the UK. Well, I think we've covered more than enough ground there. So uh, until the next time, uh, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Toby. Goodbye. Uh, It's goodbye from Josh. Thanks very much for having me. 